Hello and welcome to a special episode of Kaiju Curry House. I'm joined with my co-hosts Alex and Joe and special guest Alan Maxson. Welcome back, Alan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wow. So do we want to ask what we've been up to in the Kaiju world or do we want to jump straight into the meat of the meal? Let's do this. I mean, uh, what have Kaiju been up to? Not a great deal, I'm afraid. <laughs> Just while trying right. to swirl Next. it away. <laughs> um, I, um, I'm on the background because um, we'd finished dinner. It was getting close to the little one's bedtime. Didn't really want to put anything serious on, and I'm tired of Paw Patrol. So I just flicked through Amazon Prime <laughs> to see what was on, and Notzilla is now available on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of fast forwarded to the bits with Notzilla and he absolutely loved it. He was so ing- in a in a dinosaur Godzilla thing, drink, having a drink, he doesn't know what beer is, and then burping up fire. He just thought it was hilarious. He was like covering his eyes, he was pointing at it, he was laughing. He loved he loved Notzilla so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Who is your course- son's favorite Paw, uh Paw Patrol character? Um I think it's Rubble because his favourite colour is yellow. Nice. We do have a dog called Marshall. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you know, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, who's who's your favourite? Who's my, my son's favourite? My, my son's favourite <laughs> is actually Rubble. Uh, oh, I, think, oh, I think Everest is a good lass. She's pretty sound. <laughs> good lass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are Rubble fans in this house too. You're Rubble as well. Oh, wow, um, Alan. Do you have a favorite Paw Patrol? Well, I, I sadly never seen Paw Patrol, but um, the Alan only hasn't Paws... seen it. He did the mocap for Rubble, though. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have uh, we have eight paws in this house, though. We have two cats, wow. so their their favorite Paw Patrol would be the cat version. Maybe they the, should yeah, make one. Yeah, well, there are the cats. They're the, but they're oh, the bad cats guys. Yeah. The oh, cats oh they are. Guys. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, Mayor That's... Humdinger. That's from the, so the neighboring town he has like a offensive. he has he, yeah he has all these little kittens the rip-offs of yeah. Paw patrol and they all do his like evil bidding <laughs> they're, they're all part of the evil schemes to try and ruin those, the city <laughs> those are my favorite guys then okay <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> um and aside from that uh, i know i spoke previously about getting the alien 3 screenplay mm-hmm. um and just the other day the original alien screenplay graphic novel came through so very good i haven't read alien 3 but i look forward to seeing that nice but awesome yeah that's pretty much me kaiju'd out so um alex what have kaiju been up to um i had a go watching detective pikachu with my kids and i was mean to get around to watching it and i'm fairly certain that i started watching it a little while ago but for whatever reason i wasn't fully into it and i was pretty tired but i was like you know what no everyone raves about this film being jolly good and i sat down and watched it with my kids half an hour last night and then an hour today because standard to kids kind of their attention span's not perfect and at the point when they kind of like stop watching it and wander off i'm like no 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 I'm stopping it because I needed them to concentrate on it. Um, but you know what? I really like Detective Pikachu. I think it's pretty good. And I think there's a lot of potential for kind of more films of that ilk. So it was nice to kind of see my kids very enthusiastic about Pokemon, which I obviously will nurture that. Uh, so yeah, that was good. I also recently watched uh, Destroy All Monsters. I watched the English dub. And what really struck me about uh, that film, um, 1968, Destroy All Monsters, is that it's basically like Japan's answer to Thunderbirds. Now, that, that might sound like a hot take, but just so much <laughs> kind of like little spaceships, little planes, fire underneath, cheesy music. And for the way people go on about Destroy All Monsters being this absolute masterpiece of Toho at its finest, I think it's, it's really good, but there are far better... Uh, Toho films and Destroy All Monsters. What's your take on that, Joe? I mean, I like Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, I like it. it. Is, it's by no means my favorite Toho. Correct. I, 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 I tend to favor the one-offs like Rodan, Varan, Godzilla, even Mothra. Like the iconic films for me are the ones where it's just one monster, not necessarily the versus ones. But with Destroy All Monsters, I think that it was a marvelous undertaking in terms of like the amount of management that they had to have on set for all the creatures, but is it necessarily my go-to favorite? Not necessarily. Okay. 
fair yeah. enough. It's a crowd pleaser, though, isn't it? Because yeah. of the amount. Of, I mean, it's it, it's the Avengers before the Avengers was a thing. You know, it's this is <laughs> this is the cinematic universe. All the creatures are together for one big battle. And Absolutely, it's good yeah. fun. Uh, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? What have I been up to? I recently took all of my uh, Kaiju DVDs and organized them in a binder. I got rid of all of the covers, which was a bit hard for the collector and me to do, but I now have so much more space for all of my other nerd crap. So that's fun. Um, whilst I had them out, I actually took out the third entry in the Hishi Mothra series the one where Mothra goes back in time to the Cretaceous and we get to see Cretaceous Ghidorah eating dinosaurs, which was fun. Um, I didn't have it in English though. So, I mean, like it's kind of open to interpretation what they were saying. I didn't watch it with any subtitles. It's just, you know, it's just me chilling out. Like no idea, just yay, monsters. So that's kind of what I got up to today. Last time we were recorded, um, I told you guys I was studying for a James Bond themed trivia night. And we went over uh, how I watched You Only Live Twice, and there was a Godzilla actress in there. So that was cool. We won. So suffice to say, the hard work that we put into our James Bond uh, binge watching, it, it was rewarded. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I went through just a lot of my stuff because I've uh, recently moved and I've been organizing my office. So I've just been kind of re-looking over all of my uh, posters and my comics and my books. It's just kind of just going over everything, but I've managed to kind of get it all together. Alan, what have kaiju been up to lately? Would we consider dinosaurs kaiju-ish? They are the original kaiju. That's what I thought. That's what I would say. Um, so I've recently revisited the show Sliders. Do you guys remember that show with Jerry O'Connell? I know Jerry O'Connell, but I've never heard of Sliders. Is that the one me. where they're going to various different times through like a portal? Different it's a mental place, isn't it? There's a but professor it, type character who joins them who eventually yes. dies two seasons in. Yes. It was a really good show, actually. I like it a lot. And, and I got the whole yeah. series on DVD for like, it was like, 10 or 15 bucks or something so yeah. so i i bought it and i binged through all of them because it was such a fun show when yeah. i was a kid and i enjoyed it immensely as an adult and there's not one but two episodes where they go to a dinosaur dimension where nice. modern day still has dinosaurs and civilized yeah. current civilized uh humanity learns to live with dinosaurs it's not the greatest and the dinosaurs are mainly in charge because they're just stepping on everybody but that is uh that those are some fun episodes <laughs> and has sliders aged well as a show uh i think to people who love classic sci-fi it it ages great because it still has themes and morals and stuff to think about and, and like mm. twists and turns to the average person who does not normally follow sci-fi, they might think it aged poorly because of graphics, CG, yeah, those type of things. And the oh so scary to the young kids these days is it's four by three. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> have you ever seen so, the show Primeval? I have. That, that's my. I, Guilty pleasure, sci-fi, going through dimensions, dinosaurs. I've only, I've only seen a couple episodes. You think I should keep going then? Yeah, they do some really cool stuff with that because, okay, for those of you who haven't seen Primeval, it's a great show. The people that did Walking with Dinosaurs did the special effects for Primeval. And the premise is these gateways in time, these magnetic anomalies open up to the past. And then later on in the series, you find out that they also open up to the future. So... Mm -hmm. I will name drop somebody, Dougal Dixon. If you look up his work after man, you see a lot of parallels there, but there is a great episode where a futuristic predator, which is descended from a bat, which uses echolocation to find its prey. So basically you can hear your heartbeat. There's no hiding from it. And it's huge. And it's got like these big old gnarly claws and these teeth and stuff. It's awesome. It's like ninja predator. And then <laughs> something from the past comes out and it's a Gorgonopsid. And Gorgonopsids are like these hippo-sized, saber-toothed, tiger-esque, crocodile, you know, like proto-mammals. 
And it's basically like we've got brawn on one side, dumb as a rock, but boy, oh boy, if it hits you, it's going to hit you. And then we have smart ninja mammal from the future and they just collide. And it's a great climax to one of the series, but they went in some really interesting uh, areas with that. And uh, a lot of those dinosaurs and creatures were done to the best scientific evidence. So mm. it's a fun show, but um, if you get tired out easily, I mean, it, it does become a bit repetitive, but what it has is like, they have to kind of put them back. They can't really kill them because they could be altering a timeline. I think I remember that in the episodes I watched, they were trying to do that. They were trying to get they it to go back. They do accidentally do it one time and it kind of really like screws with the timeline and only like <laughs> one or two people kind of like figure it out. But it, it's neat. It's got some little nuances to it that are really fun. But if you listen you know, like anywhere other than the UK to this show, because it's a UK show, uh, give Primeval a shout because it's really fun. It's free on Amazon Prime. That's where I was watching it. Oh, sweet. Oh, there was a Canadian spinoff too. Oh, nice. Yeah. this one. Alan, last time we had you on the show, you talked about your short film Patina. And since then, what has basically been happening in your acting, writing and directing world? Give our listeners kind of an up-to-date sort of um, story. Well, as we all know, since then, we've all had a worldwide pandemic. And I had a, a story and a movie idea in my head that I wanted to make before Patina. And I had started writing, I had started making, uh, you know, a, a bullet point of, of plots and scenes and stories, and I had it all mapped out. But then I, I decided to make Patina because I needed to prove that I could make a serious film, something that was not Christmas with Cookie, um, before I could attempt to make this, this, one, this other idea I had. So since then, to answer your question is, I finished that script. Uh, we had the worldwide pandemic and, and I didn't have work for a few months and I sat down and I just said, I'm finishing this, this script and I finished it. And actually very recently I went out and I shot a spec trailer so that I can release it at, uh, along with an Indiegogo campaign to show people what my vision is for this movie and hope that everybody is excited enough to help back it, bring it to life and, and, and be a part of, of making it happen. And that's what has been consuming my time uh, basically the last quite a few months since we spoke. It's quite busy then. What is Alien Planet about? Alien Planet is about two alien species that have a long history of hatred towards each other. They both live on two different planets and both planets are out of water. They need to find this vial that will rejuvenate the planet with water so that they can live and, and continue to thrive. But there's only one vial and two planets so they both have to go on this adventure and find it and then we have to figure out whose planet is going to get it brilliant uh, what's the inspiration for this story what's kind of the roots that you took it from i think the original um acorn the little seed the plant that was in my head is enemy mine the movie with uh dennis quaid and louis gossie jr uh, that movie has been a favorite of mine since I was a kid. And it's also an age old story that everybody loves for science fiction where there's adventure, there's monsters, there's aliens, but at the same time, it holds a mirror up to us as, as humans and people. And it makes us go, why do we treat each other differently? You know, why do some people have prejudices and why, why is there hatred and, and distrust with people? And there's a lot of that in this movie. It, it mirrors that. And that's, it's not a, uh, sadly, it's not a new concept for science fiction because sadly it's a common issue that never goes away. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was a big inspiration for this was a fun adventure that's visually like eye candy to watch, but also at the end of the day makes you think and hopefully makes you think about yourself. And if there's anything that you may need to change in order to, to stop being a turd. <laughs> it's 
because very being... philosophical, a little bit heavy. So are there any Mickey Mouse moments? Uh, that is one of my favorite moments in Enemy Mind. <laughs> lots of people love that moment in Enemy Mind. I'm telling you what. Um, there's not a moment like that because in Alien Planet, there's no humans. Earth is not part of this. It's, it's completely in a whole another universe. You mean and Disney so, hasn't penetrated this, this area of space yet? They have not, but- uh, They've gone like to a galaxy out, far, far away. I'd like to put it out there that if Disney, if you and your pocketbooks do want to penetrate this movie, <laughs> I will happily let you. <laughs> wow. You taught. I'm, I'm easily sold. It doesn't take much. <laughs> um, and I believe you guys actually have a trailer that you want to show for Alien Planet, or you have already seen. Yes, yes we have. Uh, Paul, have you watched it today? I have watched the trailer today, yes. Yeah. I think we, have we all watched it? We have yes. indeed. So when yes. we return in the second part of this episode, we'll talk about our thoughts on that trailer. Excellent. Two alien species with a history of hatred and oppression. You always were the worst species. That's why we shoot you all off. Separated by two different planets with the same problem. We only have enough water for another week. For the entire planet! No kind are out to. None of us will survive. Rakechi may have the solution they both need. The key to creating sustainable drinking water. You must find it before the command do. Our civilization depends on it. But their hate for each other is not the only danger. Prejudices must be set aside. In order to survive. What did you do with Kyrie? I'll kill you! Give me the vial, This alien planet. Hi everybody, I'm Alan Maxson, the writer-director for Alien Planet. You just watched the spec trailer to my film. And it's a story about two alien species that have a history of hatred towards each other. When they both find out that both of their planets are almost out of water, they have to learn to put their differences aside and come together if they want to survive. Alien Planet is a meaningful, practical effect-driven science fiction film in the vein of some of my personal favorite movies like Enemy Mine, Alien Nation, V the miniseries, and countless other sci-fi films that that hold a mirror up to society. Although stories like these depict aliens on screen, we actually realize that it's relevant to us. And it makes us think about ourselves as humans and how we don't always treat each other the way we should. The big difference between Alien Planet and other science fiction films is that there's no humans in the story. Earth does not exist. So you won't have a physical connection to the appearance of these characters. Instead, you'll have an emotional connection for who they are inside. And that's one of the most powerful elements in science fiction. This movie will make you look inside of your own heart and see how can we better ourselves as the human race. So with all of that being said, I need your help in order to get it made. I invite all of you to be part of this movie. All of the money we raise will go towards practical effects and makeup to make it feel like you're no longer on Earth. We also need cast and crew and equipment to help make this film look as beautiful as possible. We made this spec trailer on a shoestring budget, so imagine how great it can look with your help. No matter how large or small of a contribution you make, you will have a very significant part in creating this movie. So please take a moment to look at all the awesome perks we have to offer and join our team. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and welcome to Alien Planet. Welcome back to the second part of Kaiju Curry House. We are joined by the right head of King Jidora, Mr. Alan Maxson, who is talking about his 
upcoming and ongoing project for Alien Planet. Now, we have all just watched this trailer, and if you are tuning into YouTube, you have also just had a chance to see the trailer. Um, Joe, what did you make of it? I liked it. Uh, like Alan said, it had a lot of uh, parallels to Enemy Mine. It had some gnarly looking aliens. I like the uh, makeup, the practical effects. I can, I can saf safely say that you have some practical effects going on here. So that's really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, looked like we had some creatures. You know what, that that hand, the, mm. the big claw that's coming out, it reminded me a bit of Fluffy from Creepshow. You're, have you ever oh, seen Creepshow? I have, I that, know what that, you're That's about. where my mind went with that, but... Um, but anyways, that's uh, hilarious. I, yeah, well, you know, but um, I really liked it. I liked the color palette that you were using. Um, it was really cool. I liked that these are reptilian races, you know, races that could theoretically develop on a very arid planet, as you're suggesting it's running out of water. Um, I am intrigued by the idea of what this vial could be. Is a vial something in their culture that means something different? Like, is it a vial of something? Or is it like a vial, like an artifact or what have you that unlocks something? I am tickled to death that ancient star-going cultures have to look at a scroll to find out where the vial is. I, I think that there is some, I don't know necessarily if you went with this, but there are some great comedic moments you could probably set up like, what is this thing? What is this, is this parchment? <laughs> what, how old is this? But uh, we've been having this problem for how long? But, um, you know, I, I really like those directions. I like that two guys are stuck on their own and they don't like each other and they have to suck it up. Those are always funny. Um, mm -hmm. and it's a great character development that you can- It's, it's almost like buddy that. cop kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. It's like Alien Nation is a great example. It's, it's, oh. it's a, an alien and a human have to be forced to be cop buddies. And it's the same for this. It's two different mm -hmm. species that are forced into a place together. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to kind of like throw out a question here before, unfortunately, I'll try to catch up. Let me see if can, I can. Uh, yeah, before the other two co-hosts can even say what they thought of the trailer. But I, <laughs> it's in my mind and my mind is so bad at remembering questions. So I'm going to give it to you. So I don't want you to give anything away, but these two characters that you have, one seems a little bit more, shall we say, aggressive, more capable than the other. Um, at least I got that impression. So are we looking at characters from different classes within these cultures meeting? Absolutely. Um, in this story, their history is the aggressive one and the, the more timid one, they used to live on the same planet. But the aggressive ones rounded up all the, the timid ones and forced them to their own planet. They didn't want to live with them anymore. They were tired of, of sharing space with them. And on the planet with the one that's less aggressive that you noticed, they work in mines and fields, dirty and, and physical labor. Whereas the one that you saw was aggressive, he's a soldier and they have high government and, and, and just more... Uh, they also have a, a puppet. They, they have a, an alien pet that you've seen the thing that's a puppet um, that helps to heal them with, with the way that the animal uh, has bo bodily fluids that, that heals wounds. So they have uh, this special advantage. I don't know how I feel about this, Alan. I don't know they how have an advantage that. above the other people. So it's definitely difference of class. It's almost like having health insurance versus not having health insurance in a, in a sci-fi alien way. Me cool. Meanwhile, us in the UK, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, this means nothing to you guys, <laughs> but it's a big issue. No, of course it is. I'll tell you that. Um, so <laughs> my question for you, uh, Alan, d just thinking in terms of the material that you've released, um, how long was Christmas with Cookie? Which was not long enough. It wasn't uh, long enough. I feel like Christmas with Cookie could have gone on forever. What is it? Uh, so, uh, an hour 23, I want to say. Uh, Okay. Oh, how long was it physically? Yeah, in terms of the length, yeah, in terms of minutes. Oh, it was 
It was 53 minutes. It was now, Christmas. Thank you. And <laughs> I recall you saying when you first made Patina that in terms of your budgeting, that you would be able to release something which is longer, but kind of hammier in quality. I'm trying to be polite with my words or release Don't something shorter. Don't I, be want polite. To be, I want to be polite. <laughs> or when you're releasing Patina, something shorter, but of a higher quality, kind of a better special effects. So exactly with this film, what is the uh, the actual runtime? The script in it is 74 pages. And so it's, give or take, it'll be roughly that many minutes. Um, okay. So it, it needs a, a bigger budget and it yes. needs more, more time and more money mm-hmm. to get it made properly so that it can look as good, if not better quality than the trailer. Because um, as we saw, Patina was low budget, and then even before that, Christmas with Cookie was even more low budget. So, see, I I don't think that Patina struck me as being low budget. I I know that it was, but I didn't look at that and go, "Wow, this is low budget." Um, so that's great. mm, I think that's great. That's fantastic. Um, are you in a position to say what the budget of this film is uh, of Alien Planet? On Indiegogo, I'm asking for forty thousand. That is the bare minimum of, of what I think will be needed to make it awesome. I think that's the ideal level. But that being said, the more we can raise, the better the film can look and be. And so I'm just shooting for shooting for the biggest and best, Absolutely. whatever anyone can help with. So if 40,000 is the bare minimum, what would 60,000 get Alien Planet? You would see the difference in in the makeup, you'd see the difference in the effects, the cameras, the lighting, because the money also helps with time. So if we can pay cast and crew to be at a location for three days rather than one, then we get to take our time, light it perfectly, uh, shoot it perfectly, uh, perfect the makeup, all that stuff. Whereas if a three-day scene, if we don't have enough money and we have to shoot it in one day, Obviously, there's certain times where we're going to see stuff and go, it's good enough. Let's keep yeah. moving. So I think the difference between 40 and 60 is a huge difference. You, mm. you would definitely see um, that we get to put more time and effort into stuff. It's like one of those things where you see, I've seen these on Instagram, it's artists. And the artist is like, what you're paying for. It's like 10 seconds, a minute, three minutes, five minutes. And yes. you see the incredible difference because they're the able stick to figure detail. to the <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not necessarily about like being able to afford. It's the ideas and the detail that you can come up with on the spot and notice, and it's just the time to allow yourself to like look yes. for that level of quality. And what I think a lot of people, you know, go to is like, oh, it's the cost of the practical effects and the materials, and just people's salaries or what have you, but time buys you details and it buys you that quality that is more mental and i think that's a very important distinction to make the longer that you can spend filming something the better quality the better it can be be. like this trailer we shot that in one day that was 12 hours from start to finish and that entire trailer so uh if we can do that in one day then imagine what we can do with three weeks Hmm. If we take three weeks to shoot the movie, it would be phenomenal. So in terms of your your campaign on Indiegogo, what are the different tiers in terms of our listeners? Like you're reaching out to them now through this podcast episode and we're wanting people to kind of, you know, support you at the basic level. How does it work? What are the tiers? That's a great question. So the first thing I want to say is, Every eyeball on this campaign and trailer matters immensely. So if you are not interested, but you care, or if you are interested, but you don't have any uh, desire or money to, uh, to be a, a backer, share it or text it or send it or tag people. Anyone who you think would be interested in just watching it, share the trailer and the campaign because the more eyeballs, the better. I feel like the traction that we need to raise that amount of money um, is very necessary. And so that's my first statement is please just spread the word as much as you can. 
Um, but past that, if you want to be involved, every tier, whether it's $25 all the way up to however much you want to donate, a thousand or more, whatever it is, there's awesome perks all the way through it. But my favorite perk that I want to talk about is the $100 tier. You will be getting in that a physical DVD, a whole digital bundle of the digital movie, script, pictures, videos. Um, and you're also going to be an associate producer on screen and on IMDb. So you can genuinely, if you are interested in this movie or you have passion for sci-fi and aliens, not only are you helping to get it made, but you can tell people that you are part of it. And I think that's important because it's not just a selling point of, hey, be a producer. It's genuinely, if you don't help me, I can't get it made. So if, I, if I'm able to accomplish and get this movie made, I owe everything to everyone who helps, no matter how big or little. So that credit is very well earned, in my opinion, is you get to say you're a producer on this movie. And, and I think that's, that's a big deal, is not only are you paying to just get the movie made, you get a physical copy of it. You get all these other digital perks, but your name's on it. You're part of it. And, and I think it's, it's a very inclusive thing that I want people to feel. I want people to feel like they genuinely had a hand in, in helping this come to life because it, it can't get me everyone who's involved. Okay. And that, that's, that's my biggest pitch is, is, is for the perks. That's my point, my process on it. And if we to back at um, any particular tier or, or a certain level, will we be getting updates on how the progression of the film's going along? Will we get to see like absolutely, a, yeah, excellent stuff. Absolutely. So there's different different things too. Where um, if no matter what you donate on Indiegogo, there's it's like a mailing list, and I've done it before because I've backed a ton of projects for people I'm friends with, and they send updates like here's the process, here's what we've done. Um, thanks, thanks again, you know, here's some pictures and, and I'm going to do the same is whether it's pre-production or I'm, I'm, uh, filming at the time, you're going to see all these updates and even in post-production as I'm editing, even though it, it's going to take a solid year to finally finish the thing with filming, editing, you know, uh, delivering the final product. It takes a long time. It's a big process, but I'm going to continue to let everybody be part of it because you will be part of it. And, and I have all the social medias people are going to watch. We're going to live stream a ton of it. We're going to have uh, stories and streams and posts. So it's going to be a very immersive experience for people to follow the whole process. Okay. That's very cool. Um, yeah. One, Especially I'm if you're thinking. interested in film. Ooh, yeah, of course. Um, I have to say COVID I mean, that must have, that, that's allowed you the time to, you know, finally uh, nail down your ideas and get this script together. But I take it it's also now causing a delay. Um, <laughs> um, and have you got a location planned? You got, you know, have you got a cast in mind? And how, how you know, are there going to be issues do you foresee at all? Or are you all good to go? There's clearly, there's going to be a lot of unforeseen issues just because we have I genuinely think we have the whole year ahead of us of more COVID issues. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be the same as it was with the trailer is I remember when we first had it planned, we had the date set to film it, I think a month in advance, maybe more. And within that time, COVID cases were rising real quick and real high. And I remember the day before the shoot talking with my lead actor in the trailer. And I was just like, man, I'm, is this the right thing? Should we, should we postpone it? And, and it's, it's always on my mind because I want everyone to be safe, but we decided no, because we took every precaution we could. Everyone is very aware of the situation. Everybody has gotten tested. We have everyone wearing masks, hand sanitizer everywhere. We're keeping everybody apart. We're doing everything that we physically can to minimize any risk. And it'll be the same for making the movie. And, Obviously, if we were to shoot, if I were to say, we're going to shoot right now, we have the money, I would be putting it on hold for a couple of months because right now, especially in Los Angeles, numbers, I think, in my opinion, are a little too high to even be shooting with those precautions because 
I don't want anyone catching this. I want, I don't want it to spread anymore. I want things to get, get a grasp on, on life and go back to normal. But, you know, there's a good chance we might not be shooting the film till late summer or fall based on just planning out the schedule of the campaign and pre-production and all of that once I have the funds. So by then so much could be different and it's definitely going to be a play it by ear kind of a game. But that being said, it's not going to stop us. It's going to happen no matter what. It's just a matter of making sure everything is right and everybody's comfortable. If anyone that's involved in the movie is not comfortable, I'm listening and I'm going to say, let's do what we can or wait or whatever is needed to make sure all cast and crew feel confident that they're okay being on set together. Okay, cool. Um, and also, I was just wondering, because I was surprised in the trailer by... Um... Because when you, you're talking about being an adventure film and things and almost buddy, buddy cop like, as you say, um, <laughs> I'm surprised that there's quite a few scenes of gore um, in there. So I'm wondering, what age rating are you targeting? So there are no swear words in it, um, but there's there's definitely violence in blood. Uh, that being said, if I had to guess standards it would probably get an r rating just because of the blood and gore but i do know at least in the u.s the the only thing a lot of parents care about are f-bombs and boobs so <laughs> i mean for some reason Safe. violent violence is a lot better to watch than boobs in the united states um so i guess it's at viewers discretion but yeah that's that's the thing is there's violence there's blood but uh there's no f-bombs <laughs> uh, I mean, no complaints here I, I just, it looked great um, I was just thought oh, oh look at that oh, that looked painful yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually actually a big point in the film is there's a lot of things where you're going to say that's painful because there's a lot of things that happen in this movie to the characters that I want the audience to feel the pain they, they endure a lot on this planet while trying to find the vital and so I don't want that to go missed. It's, you're going to feel their pain and you're going you're gonna to feel uh, that they earn the outcome that they get in the end. Well, there you go. It's time for our second break. And when we return shortly, we'll give our recommendations and finish off. Thank you. And welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. We are on our third and final segment of the show. And uh, we're talking about my movie, Alien Planet. And uh, if you are enjoying this, drop some hashtags, follow some hashtags in ats and Twitters and Instagrams with Alien Planet Film. It's that on all of the social medias. You can find everything there. So when is the release date planned for Alien Planet? Ideally. For the movie itself. Mm, indeed. Uh, TBD. Um, because, like we spoke earlier with COVID and, yeah. and, and everything, Bad. I'm a part of a number of productions right now um, as both an editor and, and an actor. And all of them are continually filming and then getting shut down, picking up again, mm. getting shut down. And that's how I think every production is right now in Los Angeles. And so it's going to be, I, I cannot give a date, um, Fair. Yeah. but, but it's going to be one of those things where um, I think we're just going to roll with the punches and it will get out there within, it will not take longer than a year and a half. That's, that, that's like absolute worst case scenario. I cannot imagine it taking longer than that. Um, but that's that, something that's to work really, with, yeah. though. I mean, that, yes. that's useful, yeah? Yes, No, that's exactly. great. Um, I've got a random question for you, Alan. Like, long... I have a random answer for you, oh, Alex. Ooh, oh, let's, let's do it. Okay, <laughs> right. And it's not about Paw Patrol. Um, Long-term goal, like, obviously, like, this is one project of many. Where do you hope to be further down the line within kind of your career as a writer, actor, within this kind of, this genre? Where do you hope to be, say, five, ten years' time? Great question. Um, I want to go with, with just the writer-director aspect at the moment, because that's kind of what we're talking about with this film. Um, as you've all seen, anyone who's followed 
my career, or even if you've only followed my career on the Kaiju Curry House, you've seen every movie I've done steps it up a little bit each time. And sadly, I say a little bit, but that's only because I'm currently not funded by major studios at the moment. My goal is to keep doing it. My goal is to keep getting the budget, quality, and stories bigger and better each movie. And I think this particular film, I think is going to be a, a big platform and a, a giant push for whatever my fourth film is, I really think will be exponentially larger. I think uh, this movie has a lot to say and a lot to show. And I think when the final product is out, it's going to allow me the opportunity to be funded by either bigger companies or studios. And, and I really think that my goal would be similar path of, you know, it, it's wild to say it, but even someone like Peter Jackson, where he went from bad taste to, you know, million dollar bill. I don't even know what Lord of the Rings was, but I, I'm hoping- yeah, it, was they, it was perfect. It was perfect. That's what Lord uh, of the Rings was. It was perfect. It was perfection. But I'm, I'm hoping one day to get, you know, someone to fund a million dollars and be like, here's a million dollars, what we can do with it. And even that million dollars is nothing compared to major budget studio movies. So long, long, long term goal, that'd be amazing to to build my way up and be entrusted with a huge, fantastic film. I would love to make a Planet of the Apes movie. I'd love to make a Star Wars movie. Mm. Um, or even if I just kept making my own at high budgets like, like Kevin Smith does. His are all original stories and they're just at big budgets because people trust and, and love his product. And, and that's, that's my goal is to just keep on up in the ante and, and hoping that everybody loves what I'm doing. And I think because I'm loving the, the stories and the movies I'm making, I'm imagining hopefully others do too <laughs> yeah if you have the passion for your own projects then hopefully there'll be some kind of con contagious aspect to that and other people will get on the hype of that and you know it's one of those things where i'm making movies that i want to see and mm. i love all the same movies that all you people in the same genre love as well so yeah. i'm hoping it's the same is because i want to see it hopefully you guys do too Brilliant. Well, I think that we definitely know what we need to do now, folks. You need to get out there and you need to share this content. Um, you know, you've watched that trailer now, share it, play it to a friend. And if you are interested in supporting this, you can go on the Indiegogo website for Alien Planet and you can be one of the backers for this project. Um, right. In terms of rounding off this episode, Joe, if nothing else, what would you recommend? If nothing else, I'm going to recommend uh, media that's along a similar vein to what Alan's trying to get across, so you kind of get a bit of a flavor. Obviously, the trailer that Alan's shown us is a concept. It gets exponentially better with your attention and your donations, so don't take it as necessarily what this film is going to be yet. Think of it as it could be better with all of your support, but if you want to get a flavor for what it could be, what I am looking at, I would say Edgar Rice Burroughs' A Princess of Mars, which deals with dueling civilizations on a dying dry world. And I would say Enemy Mine, which we mentioned earlier. If you want to read a book, watch Enemy Mine. Um, John Carter of Mars is the Edgar Rice Burroughs equivalent film. So, you know, give those two a watch, uh, get Edgar Rice Burroughs a read, but it's just that classic like 1920s, 30s adventure sci-fi story that's just legitimately fun rather than, you know, exposition through most of it that, you know, we're looking for here. So by all means, give those a look. You'll love them. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably will at least. And <laughs> just know that that's what Alan's going for. So give his Those content, are perfect. Yes. Yeah. Give those, I mean, like, give his stuff a like, a share. The more people that see this, the more likelihood that we're going to get more donors, the better chance that this film can be amazing and like Alan said, $100 gets you an associate producer, right? Yep, that DVD That's and awesome. bunch of digital on IM, crap. On IMDb, no less. And on screen, on the film. That's great stuff, folks. For all of you aspiring in the film industry, like to be on IMDb as an associate producer, look at that. So that's your incentive. So 
there's my recommendation, folks. Fantastic. That's well, a good you. recommendation. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Thank you for those, uh, <laughs> Joe. And I'm looking forward to seeing Kaiju Curry House up there on the credits. That'll Heck yeah. 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 Uh, well, uh, Joe mentioned it earlier, the author Dougal Dixon, who um, I have emailed a couple of times in the past and we've had a couple of conversations because he's, he's a really friendly bloke and actually doesn't live that far away from me, coincidentally. But his book, Man After Man, An Anthropology of the Future, is my favourite book by him. It was written in 1990 and it's on speculative evolution. It is one of the most fascinating but nightmarish books I've read. It's very much sort of picture oriented and the illustrations are fantastic. It kind of goes through all of the different scenarios for man's future. Uh, and just look up the images at the very least on Google. That They will keep you up at night, but it's such a cool book. Dougal Dixon is a wonderful writer and uh, a fascinating uh, mind. Have you read his, oh. oh, sorry, I have to interrupt. Have you read his speculative evolution if dinosaurs hadn't gone extinct? I have not. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, it's quite good. And yeah. then there's another one called Life After Man. Yes. As well as the future. And that's great. Penguins that take the evolutionary niche of whales. That's all I'm going to say. Huh. It's amazing. Nice. Is it kind of like, is it is it like V? Remember the original miniseries where oh. their evolutionary past was, uh, large reptiles and dinosaurs ended up inhabiting the earth but they evolved and kind of took a humanoid shape and that's why they're the reptilian type uh aliens in in v so is that his theory too Dougal dixon didn't take necessarily that route what he was looking at is in nature there are certain niches that animals exploit so we're looking at like hypsilophodonts that are fulfilling similar niches to what manatees are or he was looking at um, like what would a raptor evolve into? So you have like saber-toothed raptors with giant claws on their hands, mm. like what like monodigits. Um, Tyrannosaurus rex was evolving to lose its arms. So what you have is just a giant lumbering hulk of a scavenger with a with a distending jaw like a python, but no arms, and it's armored. Use an it's, eggplant it's, with legs. I'm gonna. I'm going to bring up a background now. And uh, one of the (laughs) images from um, Man After Man, he speculates if the sun kind of gets blotted out and everything goes very, very cold, that humans would need to become very obese to kind of keep the warmth. But then if the climate kind of recovered and got warm, how would we deal with that? I'm just going to bring up the image now. Uh, One second. And yeah, it's... um, it's pretty hideous let's, let's do it now uh and <laughs> thank you for sharing this alex because yeah. i've read this book too there you go oh can you bring it um, down so we can see his face uh, I'm, I'm 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 struggling to i'm not sure how to move around the picture but basically <laughs> nice like, that's like me with my shirt off to be fair yeah <laughs> so smaller humans attach themselves to bigger humans as kind of parasites to try and drain off the weight and it's oh. just yeah, no, it, it's it's fascinating, Oops. kind of like science fiction, but it's yeah, it, it's quite sinister stuff. That's cool. I like <laughs> no, the Google yeah, had the parasite on him. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Google Dixon also had a, a large part to play in um, the future is wild. So there was actually a mini series, a documentary, if you will, a future is wild, and Google had a great deal to do with that. Also, um, if you follow. Uh, Tetzucon, like at Tetzu, T-E-T-Z-O-O on Twitter, you will often see um, remarks, art, you know, and references to Dougal Dixon on there as well, in addition to like lots of really cool stuff about animals, dinosaurs, things you may have never encountered before. So if you're on Twitter, give that a look. Give that a look. I will. Like. Paul, I think, I think it's your Joe, turn. Yeah, it's my turn. Um, obviously, you stole all the, the great um, hashtags. Talk from to us, us so Paul. What, we can't what do, you do that. To say, Paul? <laughs> what do I have to say? <laughs> I guess I should say watch Patina to get a taste for um, what you've already done, what, what you can bring to the screen. Because, um, as I said, that doesn't scream low budget at all. Thank so, you. to see what you could do with a full budget is very exciting. Oh, Especially that after makes seeing me happy. the tone. Yeah, we've seen the tone set by the. Um, the trailer earlier on it looks very very cool um you know everyone loves a good sci-fi drama and a, a buddy cop or whatever it's <laughs> i don't know if i'd call it a buddy no cop, no but um yeah yeah we're gonna see that as you say something that we 
hope to see every day of um, kind of warring factions mm. setting aside the differences for the greater good. Um, also, as you say, only one planet can get the vial, so we'll have to see how that turns out for them. But um, yeah, excellent stuff. Um, and also, just to throw out there, something completely different. Completely different. Um, the film Shallow Water um, was a Kickstarter film that I funded with Sandy Collard. Uh, yes, that's the one. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's quite a, a, a gory. It's only about fifteen minutes. It's it's very well done. There's like I don't think there's even any speaking in it, and it's there just isn't. there isn't no there's none at all. Is there? So I got you know I got that. Blu-ray and the poster and all, all sorts of goodies in my um, um, back of kit, but it's just the feeling that you've helped something be made. You know, you've mm. you've, followed, you've seen this guy's passion. And you feel, wow, I love I love the look of that. I'm going to give him some money and and see it come through. And you know, it's just it's great to be a part of it and follow the journey. And I just hope that people watching and listening see your trailer, feel the same way, and want to help you make it a reality. Thank you. I hope so too. And, and that's, that's my, my hope and my mindset for it as well. Cause like I said, anyone who like, like you, for the example, you felt connected to it. You didn't just get the movie and watch it and be done. You got to hold it and be like, because of me, yeah. it helps <laughs> to get made. And I think that's something cool. I think that's, that's something that's unique for modern time that you haven't seen in all of history for movie making until the last like, 10 years ish and i think to all the people that say that uh, oh films are boring and films aren't like they're not doing anything new and it's all the same stuff you know um hollywood's boring churning out the same stuff i think like at the end of the day film has never been so creative you just have to kind of look in slightly different places now and yeah the idea that like a hundred dollars can get you that much involvement is quite profound i think you know so yeah why wouldn't you want to kind of be a part of that and take some ownership yeah, yeah i agree hmm. and, and it's also it's one of those things where i think especially after the pandemic is over we don't know really where the the film industry is going to be because you see all of these movie theaters shutting down and hmm. there's talk of it being a permanent shutdown or a shift in change and before the pandemic we already saw a big shift of unless you're a big budget studio movie like like marvel you don't get a theatrical release and i think you're you're gonna start seeing maybe things like what i'm doing becomes more common because just the shift of of everything you never know mm. yep there you go um joe when you're ready thank you very much folks for listening tonight please go and check out Alan's content on, on Indiegogo. Uh, follow him on Twitter for more updates and uh, give us a like and a follow on Twitter if you haven't already done so. And as always, folks, keep it Kaiju. Kaiju Curry House.